You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. All of our lessons from German Cricket TV was that the cricket fans and cricket lovers in Europe exist. It's just that they're not in the mainstream. They're actually privately connected to it via their smartphone. A little bit like if you're in the UK and you love Major League Baseball. Most of our countries around the world have a, a hitting sport in the summer and a kicking sport in the in the winter. In in Europe or in my eight countries that have selected for the ECL, there's not really a hitting sport. It doesn't exist. And then I went to the ICC conference last year and I actually saw some research that they did about cricket fans worldwide. And they had a number which said 22 million cricket fans in Europe. And I thought, wow, if my number's 23 and their number's 22, then they really do exist. Hi, Richard here. Now, I've just finished recording my podcast with Daniel Weston. He's the founder of the European Cricket League. Interesting chat it was too. He's German international. Doesn't sound German, but he is a German international cricketer. And he's been growing the sport in that country for a number of years. Got some great social media statistics that suggest the fan base is growing and the participation is growing within continental Europe. Not something I really expected, I've got to say. This tournament is going to be a T10. It's going to start in the summer with teams from Rotterdam, Inclusion, Brescia, Catalonia, St. Petersburg, all playing in La Manga. Interesting project, interesting possibilities for it as well. So I wanted to explore it. Remember, if you like this podcast, reviews, likes, comments on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get sports content strategy. And you can follow me at Mr. Richard Clark or Sports Content Strategy. Anyway, let's talk about the sound of willow on leather. No, wrong way around. Let's talk about the sound of leather on willow in places like Spain with this guy. So my name is Daniel Weston. Um, I'm the founder of the European Cricket League. I've got a history in, in cricket, in technology, in finance. And my, my first and greatest love was, was cricket and now I feel there's an opportunity to grow the game and create awareness for, for the game of cricket using technology, essentially, and digital technologies um, in, in continental Europe. So tell us about the European Cricket League, because I'm a massive cricket fan. I'm an Englishman and the sport is challenged in its heartlands. The Big Bash has had a bit of a struggle this year, even though it's done particularly well for itself. But there's the West Indies have had huge issues, what with basketball and other sports uh, yeah. crowding the market in the last 10 or 20 years. So why do you think there is a market for cricket within Europe? So it, it's sort of a little bit of an accident, actually. I, I was running a hedge fund, um, I, I, yeah, start, which I started, and I was running that for six or seven years. And what happened was, as, as, a, as a bit of a hobby or a passion project, I, I started a Facebook page called German Cricket TV. And what the what the idea was there, we, we had a huge amount of Afghani refugees that entered into Germany, and I was I was friends with them just through the cricket community, and I could just see that they loved their cricket so much, um, and I could see a huge potential in the sport um, if there was awareness and promotion that the game actually existed in in Germany. So, so I started German Cricket TV. My next door neighbour actually runs a film production company, and I knocked on his door and says, "Hey, do you know what cricket is?" And he said, "Oh, well, I think so." And, I, and then we clarified that. And then what I what I did was Germany A versus Germany B were playing in the last game of the season as a bit of a uh, national team training camp, and I got him to come and bring some cameras along, and we filmed this game, Germany A versus Germany B. I then locked myself in the room, taught myself how to cut and edit videos, and I cut 
uh, I think it was 30 clips um, of, of somewhere between 10 seconds and a minute of cricket being played in Germany by the German national team. And then I uploaded them onto German Cricket TV and saw that there was a huge amount of viewers for, for cricket in Germany. So I think we got 700,000 views of that initial sort of boost and, and of, of cricket that I, that I filmed there. That just got all this awareness of, of I was getting inundated with messages saying, hey, where is this cricket being played? How do we play? Can we join a team? Where's a club, etc.? But because it was the end of the season, then it was moving into, into what's really popular in Europe, I've discovered, is indoor cricket played in school halls. So I bought myself 15 GoPros, and then I was traveling around Europe, sticking these 15 GoPros to the sides of school gymnasium walls and filming um, cricket being played indoors. And, and when we would cut and upload those videos onto onto Facebook, German Cricket TV, um, you know, if that was in the north, we'd get a huge amount of people in the south saying, hey, how do we play? And then, you know, do the, do a, the next weekend we'd go and film something in the south and then the east, the west, the whole country just had this massive boom of, of people being discovered that loved cricket and and uh, wanted, to, wanted to watch them be involved and how did they find a team, how did they join a club, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I continued running that until, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm still, it's still up and running now. But for the last two years, I then decided to employ two guys to help me travel around Germany, live streaming um, cricket matches in, in Germany of domestic cricket and indoor cricket and training and everything that we, we could possibly do. Um, and that ended up with 1.3 million followers of German Cricket TV on Facebook which was astounding considering that there really is no awareness in the mainstream that cricket actually exists in, in Germany still. So, so while we were doing that, um, yeah, I, I was still running my fund. And then uh, early last year, um, German Cricket TV was asked to um, go to an event called Cricket on Ice, which is, which is a 20-year-old um, amateur Cricket on Ice event in St. Moritz on the frozen lake. And German Cricket TV was invited to go and live stream it. So so we went and live streamed that event. And it was being on at the same time as Ice Cricket, which was last year held by um, a Swiss, uh, yeah, some Swiss entrepreneurs that uh, put on a, a an ice cricket, uh, yeah, an ice cricket event, which was played by um, retired professionals. So we had this amateur event and a professional event running side by side. Um, we live streamed our amateur event on German Cricket TV. We had 110,000 live viewers of, of, that, of that amateur cricket event. And on that evening, um, I went to the dinner for the professional ice cricket event, um, met a guy called Roger Feiner, uh, who was ex-director of broadcasting at FIFA. And we hit it off as, as friends over that dinner because we got put on the same table as each other. And I told him about what I was doing with, with live streaming of, of cricket in Germany and with German Cricket TV and about the explosive boom of, of teams and clubs that were happening within the country, um, mainly because of Indian expats um, working as engineers in Germany or um, the Afghan refugee crisis that actually turned into a massive cricket opportunity, I think. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we hit it off. The, then the next day, I met with Roger again, um, walking around this, this ice cricket event. And he said, Daniel, um, we, we think that cricket has a big opportunity in, me and my colleagues think that cricket has a big opportunity in, in Europe. Um, we would love to, to talk to you further. And we think you might be the man to help us do it. 
So then a month later, uh, we all got together. Um, it was myself, Roger Finer, Thomas Kluwitz, and Frank Lenders, um, who were part of team marketing for many, many years and are now involved in FIBA marketing, uh, Eurovision, among other things. But their main, uh, yeah, their main sort of career pathway was with the UEFA Champions League. Um, and we all met in Zurich uh, midway through last year and decided to, to sort of write out the blueprint for the European Cricket League, which is essentially essentially the Champions League of cricket in Europe. So if uh, it's probably un- not so well known, but there are ICC member federations of uh, for, for cricket all throughout continental Europe. They have domestic leagues each year. Yeah, that they, they get along with their cricket and play their cricket. The problem is that there isn't really a, a media outlet for that. There isn't a digital platform. Uh, there isn't the coverage or awareness that the sport actually exists there. And it wasn't until I did this sort of prototype or case study with German Cricket TV, the, the live streaming reach that I could get within Europe, that that I thought, look, there's a huge opportunity for, for continental Europe to have a cricket platform like the rest of the Commonwealth uh, countries do, essentially. So so in that discussion with, with Frank and, and Thomas and Roger, we, uh, we put together a plan for not only the European Cricket League, but also the European Cricket Network. And the European Cricket Network uh, will, will be launching this summer, uh, summer 2019. But essentially, it is the it's going to be the digital destination for cricket in Europe uh, for live streams and, and live scores, um, and to then bring that awareness of the game in the continent to to smartphones essentially, because all of our all of our lessons from German Cricket TV was that the cricket fans and cricket lovers in Europe exist. It's just that they're not in the mainstream. They're actually sort of privately connected to it via their smartphone. A little bit like if you're in the UK and you love Major League Baseball, you, you know, you, you don't talk about it in the street like you do with football. You you sort of follow it privately. And I, th- I think there was a huge uh, sort of smartphone connection to European cricket fans and not sort of uh, in, in, in the in the community. So I, I then said about, you know, doing a lot of uh, sort of in between all these discussions and doing a lot of research on who I thought were actually fans of cricket in Europe. And I came up with a number of 23 million cricket fans in continental Europe. Uh, and I thought that was a little bit wild and crazy, but there were numbers that were coming through from me from social media um, predominantly. And then I went to the ICC conference last year and I actually saw some research that, that they did uh, about cricket fans worldwide. And they had a number which said 22 million cricket fans in Europe. And I thought, wow, if my number's 23 and their number's 22, then they really do exist, uh, this amount of cricket fans in Europe. Um, we have to do something for them. So then uh, then I've, I've we, we created the, the plan of what we want to do for, for the league. And it's, it's very similar to what UEFA did in 1992 when they rebranded the Champions League. And that is two groups of four, um, eight countries. Um, and and that's what we're going to be doing for European cricket. So so the European Cricket League's first countries uh, for the first year um, will be the Netherlands, Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Romania, and Russia. And they were the eight countries that I identified, which which sort of covered the north, south, east, and west of continental Europe. But they were the ones that either had the highest cricket integrity from and and performance as far as the Dutch and Danish top. Uh, and then in Romania and Russia, I see an enormous, enormous potential um, for cricket, mainly because of what I was seeing through my social media analytics. And uh, and the the core of Europe, being Spain, France, Italy, and Germany, is is obviously that you know that that heartland of of, of the continent. And uh, there's an enormous amount of cricket potential there. Um, it just needs to be nurtured. And I think that the nurturing will only happen if there's a platform where people can either aspire to play in or um, aspire to coach their kids 
to effectively one day aspire to play in and it has to be a sustainable plan for 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 uh, for the sport to work and uh, fortunately in this world now the 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 digital aspect of of having um you know the any amount of video content that we can think of um coming through our smartphones or our tablets on an on demand or a really selective basis um that that can ignite the awareness and promotion of the sport really fast and and that what i want to do in in europe is effectively what i did with german cricket tv um and and in germany for instance it turned it into as far as the icc are aware um have told me that germany turned into the fastest growing cricket country in the world um and and cricket became the fastest growing sport in Germany, and that's that's effectively thanks to the streams, the so, live streaming. So it's going to be July, and it's uh, three days, seventeen live games, as you said, eight eight teams from eight countries, and you are going to be showing all the games live, or the majority of the games live, with with multilingual commentary, international feeds. It's um. And you're, as, as it stands at the moment, ignoring the um, traditional broadcast, the television companies. This is all going out via social media platforms free, yeah? It will, it, it will be a mix. It will be a mix. So, so, so we want to do, uh, so with Roger, his experience in broadcasting, for example, um, that we do want to have this broadcast on traditional TV. Um, but the, the reason for that is, I mean, I, I know that the world is watching their digital sport um, on, on their smartphones and tablets. But I, I think it's really important for, for families and children, uh, if the traditional TV still exists some, somewhere in a household, I think it's still really important that, that, is, that those sports are being shown on traditional mediums. So we're, we're going to do a mix of both, where the European Cricket Network will be the place to watch all the live streams, um, but we would also love to have the games broadcast into traditional TV channels, um, not, not only in the cricket markets, which is a focus, but, but also within the, the eight countries that the European Cricket League is, is covering because each of those countries, um, you know, the, the, their their own traditional broadcasters have a huge demand for new and fresh content as well. So it will be really interesting, and I couldn't tell you which one will actually work better, but um, it'll be a traditional traditional mixed with the, the live streaming of, um, of all of the matches live, um, yeah, on, on, on that European Cricket Network. And what's the, the standard of play like um, within the European cricket community? You were a player, you played for Germany, of course, but you, know, you don't come from Germany. Is that, is that typical that it's, it's expat, expat players, uh, Indian subcontinent, Australian, New Zealand, English people, Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. It is um, I guess every year that goes by, um, there's more and more nationals that are, that are playing the sport. Um, my, my belief is that it will take 25 years to really turn into a authentic, um, um, you know, people born in Germany playing for Germany. Uh, I think that that will take its time. Um, but it it's depends on where you're talking about. If, if you're talking about Dutch or Dutch or Danish national teams, they have far more um, numbers of people that were playing uh, in the country that were born in the country. Um, and then if we're talking about Romania or Russia, there's a lot of students and a lot of expats, um, for example. Uh, and then in the in the middle of Europe, a, a lot of people that have moved for economic reasons uh, that then want to play the game. But as soon as um, these people are established in Europe and, and playing cricket in Europe, they, they don't I haven't seen them st uh, leaving or going back to where they're from. And so they, they stay here. They have children, you know, they have multiple children. All of a sudden, those children are, you know, authentically 
French or, or, or Spanish, etc. Um, and they'll also be cricket fans. So if, if they're if their parents come from a cricket-loving origin, um, then that's great. It helps them uh, be nurtured into the game at an earlier age. But they're all they're, they're, they're nationals of, of the European countries. So so that's one aspect. So the, the, the other aspect is the level of cricket is obviously far lower than, than what we see on a on a you know on a TV basis today. But there, there was a guy called Kerry Packer in in Australia that started the World Series cricket, and and you know studying a lot about what he did and thought about the game and. He didn't do it all the right way, obviously, like none of us do. It was it was very much the rebel approach, which which um, which caused a lot of upset upset people or upset times for the game. Um, but when it came to him trying to create an entertainment feature, and he believed that you know being entertainment would mean more people would watch and more people would be engaged, um, it was about the it wasn't about the level of play. It was about the confrontation. So it was that that real desire to win. Um, which is important to making good good quality cricket to watch. So, so if you watch um, you know top cricketers that might be playing as mercenaries in T20 leagues around the world now, maybe they. I mean, we don't know. We can't see inside their mind, but maybe they don't want to win um, as much because they might be on lucrative deals, etc. Without me knowing the real the real thoughts, but but let let's just say that we've got a champion club from Spain playing against a champion club from Italy. Um, there and it's being broadcast, and it's you know it's uh, there's something really to play for. We can see the confrontation between these two teams, meaning a real hunger to win and succeed, means that it actually that the entertainment value of the confrontation and desire to win should make up for the lack of maybe grace of a Virat Kohli cover drive or a you know Mitchell Stark bowling 150k. It's uh, so. so so the level of cricket is is only there's only one way to go and that is up and and I think it only goes up if there's if there's um, you know competition that's um, that's when something's at stake so so it's a it's a real it's a real uh, it's a real sort of giving birth to a baby here um, as far as the sport goes because it will go from being a an unpromoted unaware sort of stage to now being geez. If I'm a player of cricket in any of these countries, in any of the clubs, then I've got a chance to be promoted to up up the leagues into into a Champions League type basis, and that's when there's a lot to play for. And if there's a lot to play for, then there should be a lot to uh, to train and and prepare and improve your game for. So, I, I think it's a yeah, it's a fascinating time for a for a sport that's fledgling and and could go places that. I or other people sort of never dreamed of, but it's it's not me or it's not one person, it's not the league. It's actually a big community. It's a big community process, which is German Cricket TV was all about the community of, of people realizing that people in the north of Germany were just like people in the south that loved their cricket, etc. And and if we can now create that community through European wide um, cricket knowledge and understanding of each other, then then the game will only grow from there. Yeah, I, I challenged just one thing that you said there, which was. Which was the, the, I think the Packer standard was was very high. I mean, there's people because those Packer tests, those those super tests, are not considered in the first class averages, the sort of proper averages. And yet, I've I've seen videos of players say that's the highest standard of cricket I, I ever played. But but so but leaving that aside, what I think you're absolutely right about is the media innovation that that uh, that Kerry Packer had really changed. It changed the way the certainly. TV in England uh, covered cricket, and and what you're doing is very interesting because, yes, you you want some traditional TV, but your main focus appears to have been video on social media and creating that community, and that's what we're seeing now, and that's what I want to explore. The fact is that the 
that that if you look at the trends for 2019, it's the creation of specific communities. For example, with Facebook groups, everyone thinks that's going going to absolutely explode now, just because people want safe spaces to infuse, infuse. You know, not not just safe spaces, but but places that they can engage um, with like-minded people, and that that's part of the keys of your approach from what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Before Kerry Packer moved moved forward with his plans, I think the ABC in Australia were recording the matches with one camera from one end. Yes, uh, yes. and then he came in with stump cam and yes, and absolutely. the mics and and the whole thing. And then and yeah, that that, that revolutionised the game. I'm not saying I'm at that standard, but what I decided to do in in with with cricket in Germany was. I literally just bought 18 GoPros and tried to put them in every strange place I could um, on the chest of umpires, in front of stumps, behind stumps, um, pointing at gully, <laughs> pointing at mid-off to see different reactions, um, helmet cams, I'd put GoPros on bat handles, um, then experimenting with the live streaming from phones um, multiple ways. And it was the, the technology now just means we can do anything, anything that we creatively think of and and uh, as soon as we started getting you know uh, uh, gopros connected to batteries that would last as long as a 50 over match <laughs> then it means that that gopro could could really um you know we never know when strange or funny things are going to happen in in cricket but you know when when those gopros were covering um you know a whole match you know from 18 different angles you see amazing things that you've never seen in cricket before would happen just because of freak of the sport, you know, which yeah. which would then mean it didn't matter how good the player was, but the fact that, you know, he really wanted to get that guy out and then he did. And, you know, all these sort of emotions that start to come out of, of, of um, sort of community cricket, which, which actually people want to see. We had a 1 million, a one, a 1 million view viral video that came out from an indoor cricket match, um, literally because there was a, Stumping that was messed up turned into a run out, which turned into this incredibly huge fist pump, and the fist pump went viral. <laughs> you know, so, so it's really yeah, there's an yeah, incredible amount of amount of ways that can all be done now, and that, that Facebook community is is you know it, it it is extremely powerful because as soon as those algorithms work out how to connect like-minded individuals, it, it means that friendships can be formed and and new um, that awareness meant that. You know, there's now 370 cricket teams in Germany, which I think uh, only a few years ago there was about 50, um, mm-hmm. and and that's just because the community was was there and and flourished. And if there's if, if there's community, then there's usually happiness and 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 more you know rich rich uh, you know sort of connections and relationships throughout throughout the place. So so that was a good yeah and that flowed onto being good for the game. You, this is T10, of course, um, which is which is interesting in itself because you know, in the 60s and the late 60s, early 70s, it was 50 over and then it was Sunday League 40 over, certainly in the UK, even though the internationals were still 50. Then, T, then T20 came in early 2000s and now the UK is moving on to the 100, which is slightly slightly shorter than uh, it obviously it's 100 balls as opposed to 120 where yours is going to be 60 balls so why have you done that why have you not gone for t20 and gone for t10 because i think the uae had a t10 tournament um uh last year was that the first t10 tournament and did you look at that as well i i, I believe it was um I, I had some friends who were there present and they said it was an incredible success so if you look at it on a on a run rate basis, 
um, some unbelievable run rates. So the strike rates are 400 um, in T10 cricket, which which means that you know whether T10 cricket continues to be played as well as T20, I think it will push T20 cricket to potentially you know 300 plus pass scores um, in the future if there's more and more T10 cricket being played. Um, Anyway, the, 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 so the approach with the European Cricket League is that we want to make a huge showcase and firework in the first year. So our actual plan is to is that the T10 is only for year one, uh, and that is to create as much awareness of the game as possible. And then from year two onwards, um, actually revert back to it being T20 over a three-week process. So that, that's, that, that's in the initial plans now. Um, but the, the T, T10 is really interesting for me because obviously myself and all the other cricketers in, in Europe, we're actually not trying to fight against football, but we're trying to create a, a level a level of awareness which matches football, let's say, one day. And if, you, uh, if you're talking to a Frenchman who loves his football, um, you know, and he, you say cricket to him, he'll say, oh, what is that, five days and ends in a draw. Um, and now, you know, T10 gives you the opportunity to say, hold on a second, T10 is actually 45 minutes and a break and 45 minutes. Um, which turns into a 90-minute sport, which is exactly the same as your football that you that you know and love, and and I think that's quite a powerful it's a powerful um, sort of message to football and cricket can both be working symbiotically as the winter sport and the summer sport, and they can both be enjoyed and they're actually not competitors to each other, um, but they're also understood that as an entertainment package they're a 90-minute game, so so it'll be fascinating to see where that ends up. I I really believe that um, cricket is T10 is the absolute minimum. I've heard five over stuff and, and things like this, but T10, absolute minimum. My, my problem with T10 is that the participation levels, uh, I, I, th- I think if, if T10 is adopted by youth, uh, junior and youth cricket, I think you have to play many, many games per day to, to get to get kids actually having a chance of actually having a proper bowl and a proper bat. Um, but we will be ex- ex- experimenting, so to speak, with the T10 format this year. Um, and in Europe, it makes perfect sense as, a, as alongside a football um, a football landscape. Your hedge fund manager by trade. How is this going to make money? Um, well, the, the traditional methods of, of um, broadcast rights, uh, sponsorship rights, data rights. Um, for, for me, it's about create. Uh, I, it might sound you know, sentimental, but I, I, I love the game so much and I love my fellow players and, and people around me in this European cricket community so much that I think that financially there's the risk there. You know, it, it has to make money to be sustainable and that's important. Um, but I think there's zero risk for the sport. So if there's zero risk for the sport, um, then the game's going to grow. And if the game grows, then there could be um, further reasons for revenues to come through on a, on a sponsorship side. So so the, we're, we're financially secure to create this and to do this and to roll it out. Um, you know, things, things are self-fulfilling, you know, so, so it has to be a success uh, in the early years to, to grow upon itself. I was reading... Um, I think uh, uh, Columbia Business School literature on on Lalit Modi and and on the IPL and and I'm pretty sure that they were walking around uh, looking for sponsors in the first seven months of the IPL and you know seven months of getting rejections is quite amazing when you think of where the IPL is now that that it's um you know one of the strongest properties in sport so I, I'm not under any misconception that um that it's hard it's a hard road ahead 
Um, but the love and passion of the game is really so strong that you go, wow, we've, we've got to do this because if my love and passion is so strong and it is the product that I would love to see for cricket in Europe, then there must be uh, many more people like me that also have that lust and passion for, for cricket to hit Europe. And if that happens, then that sort of passion and pride and emotion will attract sponsors and, and sponsors bring revenues and, and revenues make things sustainable. So that's the, that, that's, that is the plan. The, uh, yeah, the, it, it's about um, yeah, it's, it's about getting lots and lots of awareness. Yeah, one thing that strikes me, and you know, I, I love my cricket and anything that grows cricket. And you talk like me that, that that it's about loving the game itself. It's not about winning. It's it's about the game itself that's important. And cricket fans talk that way because they value the game. One thing that I always think might hold something like this back is the perception surrounding the facilities. For example, our T20 in England looks pedestrian in comparison to 30-odd thousand uh, for the Big Bash and 30-odd thousand for the IPL. And yet, looking at European cricket, as I haven't a lot, I have to admit, but if these are parks pitches with rubber mats over AstroTurf uh, pitches, that's, that's going to be an issue. Now, your first event is at La Manga, which presumably are going to be pristine top-level facilities. But do you get my, my thought there about the perception of European cricket will be diminished if those facilities aren't up to what you're projecting or trying to project? Yeah, yeah, facilities. It's 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 funny if you if you look in uh, in if you're in the UK or in Australia, you expect to see pristine community cricket grounds. Um, but in a place like India or Pakistan, um, th there's a lot of places where incredibly talented cricketers that are not on the professional level play um, in some really really tough outfields, some very tough pitches. Um, uh, playing, play, playing, you know, playing cricket on unmanicured grounds, and and that's just uh, it's just accepted and part of the way it is. In in Europe, we're playing cricket currently on heavily, heavily unmanicured grounds. This might be uh, two, two football fields that are put together and and twenty centimeter high grass. Um, not nice playing conditions at all. Um, we've had. Uh, um, flicks pitches, so so plastic mats rolled out over the top of very long grass. That's no no good either. But what it does is it, it actually creates players that end up performing even better when they get to play on pristine conditions. So so that's the funny thing. If if you if you learn how to bat with a stump, and then all of a sudden you get to bat with a real bat, the game gets made easier. So there's a little bit of that in there. Um, in the Netherlands and in Denmark, they've got some wonderful cricket facilities, um, which are top level. In uh, in Spain, we're going to be playing the the European Cricket League in in La Manga, um, which is backed by Cricket Scotland and Cricket Ireland, and it is pristine facilities. We're going to make it look even better by having you know not only our our ropes for boundaries, but then the LED advertising boards. Um, we have marquees and grandstands, and we're going to dress the dress the arena really beautifully um to make it look like a great spectacle on 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 tv and on the live streams um but what i actually want to do th thinking about thinking about how we improve the infrastructure of grassroots cricket uh, you know the, those facilities it's it's a public you know it, it's a government-led approach and i think it's very hard for a cricket team in in downtown rome to go and convince um um uh, private individuals to create cricket wickets, um, which might be easier done in the UK. But 
I feel as though that job has to be done by local mayors and, and local governments. So, so my thinking on that is that if the European Cricket League is played on a top facility in the south of Spain, so in La Manga, and then that team from Italy, so from Brescia, is is in the Champions League, wins the Champions League, they go back to Brescia, their, their local mayor will say, hey, what's this? We never even knew cricket existed here. We're sitting on you know the champions of Europe now. How can we help you? How can we help the game? How can we help your, your club? And, and the reason is because that club is essentially a local community club. You know, it's not a franchise or it's not a manufactured uh, sporting team. It's, it's a club. So it's a local community club. So if, if local government then says, yeah, we want to support you and build Italy's first and best cricket headquarters because we want to back you because you guys have just been, you know, noted that, that as the champions of, of Europe, um, then that builds one really beautiful pristine cricket facility in italy now if that happens the next year to another club in rome or another club in venice or another club in, you know it, it, all these places that actually something that's really hard to do uh, will get activated by by government agencies uh, local governments purely because there's promotion and awareness of the sport to say hey how do we help you well, why have you been playing on this football field in long grass for for the last 20 years all of a sudden yeah you need a proper cricket facility and and if that starts happening we could have cricket projects that are mushrooming across the whole of the whole of continental Europe, and that really helps um, the game. It really helps the players. It, it helps um, the ICC. It helps the, the the whole world of world of cricket. And and we only do that by having cameras in front of games. And I've seen that before in in German cricket in the last few years when we were playing an event which was live streamed or had a had a film coverage of it. It meant that the the local mayor wanted to get involved. And and if they if they get involved, then that is the easiest and and path of least resistance having more and more pristine cricket facilities being used and and uh and and developed in in europe um obviously the relationship between the uk and ireland and europe is a little bit um up in the air at the moment particularly with brexit however where does wales scotland england ireland fit in this i mean i know ireland have played in a world cup and scotland have uh, beat england this year in a in a one day international, um, I think Ireland are playing at Lords in two thousand and nineteen, a, a test match as well. Um, but but where do they fit in? Because they're Europe as well. Yeah, yeah, they they, they do, and I'd I'd love them to fit into this. Um, you know, I I'm extraordinarily impressed by by the way Cricket Ireland has grown in 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 recent years. Um, I'm friends with people from Cricket Scotland. The, the, the Stephen Knox is actually the. Uh, the national coach of both the women's team of Scotland and the men's team of Germany. So he's, he's actually my coach for the last few years. Um, look, uh, absolutely supportive of, of European cricket overall growing. And I, I just think that it's actually a harder task in, on the continent <laughs> so, so, so far. So, so believe it or not, believe it or not, I want to take the sort of the harder road of growing the game organically in continental Europe in the sort of more obscure places first. Um, and then the plan is to add, you know, two more teams uh, year on year to the European Cricket League to include countries like Scotland and, and Ireland and, uh, and the rest. The, the, um, the, it's, it's all about the sustainability. And, and I, I just consider that eight teams, along with, with uh, my co-founders, Roger and Thomas and Frank, that eight teams, two groups of four was the sort of the easiest way to, to do it in the early years. And then I'm hoping with success, we, we increase the amount of teams and then Europe is, is completely covered. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the cricket being played in Scotland and Ireland is at a, at a very high level uh, as well. And, and I'm, 
expect that to continue to improve. But I think that there's a, a real potential for cricket levels to improve very fast uh, in the places that are less expected um, to then mean that there's actually more competition between the Irish and the Scottish um, to sort of be able to give them a give them a run for their money, so to speak. What's it like being a German international player? I mean, what does what does that involve? Where are you playing? Who are you playing against? Um, you know, <laughs> is it is it? Uh... Is it a sport you're self-funding and you're doing for fun uh, or, or do you get any help? I haven't got a lot of conception about uh, European cricket per se, apart from the fact that, you know, I watch a lot of county cricket and there's been Danes and there's been Dutchmen in there. I don't remember any any French or, or Spanish, but certainly Danes and Dutchmen, there, there's been a few of those. But, but what's yeah. it like? Yep. Um, oh, well, it's, it's, it's wonderful when, when you get to represent your country. Um, it's, it's an incredible feeling and, and you get a great opportunity to do that. It is, it's, it's not self-funded, but I mean, you have to take a lot of, you know, it's, it's not professional. So you have to take a lot of days off work or, or have sacrifices along the way to, um, to make sure that you're available to, to play and train um to then be selected for the national team and then when you do um you know there's the world t20 pathway now which is going to be in in 2019 will be 18 teams um which means that um you know last year there was the world t20 european qualifier um which had 18 countries from from europe in there and we played in that in in one of the groups and for germany we we finished second in the group along with denmark uh, so it means that we go one step closer to the World T20. And in June this year, we go to Guernsey and play in a six-team um, World T20 final European qualifier. If we finish the top of that, then we go to the next step, which is um, taking the qualifiers from each of the regions around the world. And then from there, the top six countries uh, join the 12 ODI nations in the World T20 in, in Australia in 2019. So there is actually a pathway now for for uh, Italian or German or other European countries to actually reach a World T20. Um, and yes, yeah, so at, at the moment, so the ICC would, would fund and develop and support the European ICC member federations. From there, that money flows into all sorts of development of the game, uh, including the national team. So um, at the moment, I think we've got around 25 days uh, sort of scheduled for this year as a, as a German national team, um, whether it's in warm-ups and friendlies and preparing for the actual tournament um, in June. So, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit, bit like, uh, I'm not sure what, what obscure sport in, in the UK I could mention, but it's a Baseball. It's, it's something, I, I think baseball works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so if you're the baseball, yeah, yeah. So, so if you're the baseball, um, uh, if you're the captain of the British baseball team, then you're putting in a lot of hard yards without a lot of recognition, and you do it because you love it. And uh, there might not be the financial rewards there, but you get other rewards as far as you know what you're doing for the game, and and you get to play at a higher level, and that's that's similar to what's happening in in European cricket at the moment. So. Well, a previous I, I, a previous podcast guest was the captain of the GP ba- baseball team, okay, and yeah, he, he was a commentator for 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 uh, Major League Baseball when it was on Channel Five over here. Uh, cool. But yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> he, and he was, and and uh, I was talking to him, and he was, um, 
a little bit similar that when uh, we had the Olympics over here in 2012, there was a possibility of baseball coming in that year, which would have meant obviously baseball being played by a GB team. You're going to get a lot of support. You're going to get a lot of uh, publicity. And it didn't happen, which was a huge blow for the sport. But mm. that, but you're talking the opposite now with that pathway to T20. I mean, I'll argue it's a fair way away. No disrespect, but I'd argue it's a fair way away to get to to the T Twenty Finals. But depends how many teams they open it up to, as I say, and because um, they sometimes in the past with certain tournaments they've opened it up. Certain times they haven't opened it up, and you've had the likes of Afghanistan and Ireland and and and, and the Netherlands um, sometimes qualifying, sometimes not, and it's hugely beneficial when they do, of course. So yeah. it's 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 really it's it's really really interesting. But it but at least opening up that pathway gives you that carrot, albeit, you know, as I say, not disrespectful. It may be some way away and somewhere in the future, but it is a carrot to work towards. It is. It is. And, and I might be a dreamer, and I'm, but but maybe my, my crystal ball seems to think <laughs> that um, that in, let's say, in 20 years' time, let's say it's a 32-team World T20 um, World Cup, and then all of a sudden, a bit like the football is at 32 teams now, um, you know, if you open up through that way... You know, if that World Cup is being played by 32 teams and that those 32 teams all have a local TV broadcast of uh, of that World Cup, then it will only ignite the game. So, so I'm really happy to see that, that the ICC is letting um, minnow nations potentially um, have a pathway to reach that World Cup. And if that continues to grow, hopefully it goes to 20, the 22, 24 teams, um, it'll only spread the game and, and be more competitive against the, the, uh, the FIFA Football World Cup. You know, that, that's really... Yeah, it's really important. Um, what's what's funny for me is that the that most of our most of our countries around the world have a, a hitting sport in the in the summer and a kicking sport in the in the winter. Yeah, um, and it, it's just funny for me to to see. I mean, baseball's got a problem in the UK because there is already a hitting sport. Um, with, with cricket um, in in Europe or in my my eight countries that have selected for the ECL, there's not really a hitting sport. It doesn't exist. So so therefore, um, you know, I think a hitting sport just <laughs> people aren't all born with kicking skills. Uh, there's some you know freakish athletes that are born with incredible hitting skills, and they, they've probably been not not unearthed, although haven't been given a chance for for many many years. So if we can create a hitting sport and a kicking sport to, to work well in continental Europe, then, then really anything can happen over a, over the course of a few decades. Yeah, I, I mean, you'd look at Spain and Pelota and you'd look at, I think, Korfball was quite big in parts of Europe. And, and I mean, is tennis a hitting sport? That's the other thing. Is oh, tennis well, well it's not a, yeah, it's, it's just not, unless you're looking at doubles, it's just not a, it's not a team sport. And, no, and no. You, you can't throw in tennis and you can't throw in, in golf. Unless you're really annoyed and, and the balls up <laughs> in the rough, yeah. but um, but but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think it, it's probably a touchy subject, but it's it's some world wars that that have that have got in the way of the development of baseball and cricket. I think in continental Europe, it was either cricket existed here um, pre World War One. Uh, there's is the, the, the Dutch Cricket Association, Danish Cricket Association is actually very, very old, um, over 120 years old, those two federations. Um, Mussolini and Hitler were not fans of cricket. It was seen as too much of an English sport, but they, they adopted football. Um, so, so there were reasons why, why cricket was sort of pushed out. Um, the, the Americans tried to bring baseball, but for, for whatever reason, it hasn't probably grown to its potential. Um, um, probably because of marketing and, and broadcasting, etc. Um, and the other thing now is that I, 
I believe the the, the, the sad stories of, of uh, what's happening in Afghanistan and the Middle East has meant that the war over there has actually brought cricket in, in a huge respect back to Europe um, by the difficulties of life over there. Mm. Afghan refugees avoiding war over there have come to Europe with their cricket bats in their hand and, and wanted to play as soon as they've arrived while, while trying to rebuild or make um, make improvements in their life and education and, and uh, this is uh, yeah, this is a funny place where cricket seems to have been taken away by some wars and might have been brought back by some wars as well well the, the other thing i mean i did a i did a masters in sociology of sport and it, my thesis was on cricket and my I, okay. I, I started a phd actually i didn't i haven't finished it it's, it's still on hold it's been on hold for about 30 years now. <laughs> but, but it was on globalization and cricket my my thesis was on globalization wow, and, cricket. Okay. and so i mean i was looking uh, early research i was looking at Cricket in the US because it was there was a big there was Boston cricket and of course it's been played there's been LA uh, in more and more recent years LA cricket there, there's stories of gangs playing cricket in the streets for example US cricket I believe is is starting to to uh, get some wind beneath their wings and start growing that particular sport Canada have got to a World Cup of course but it did suffer from being seen as an English sport and you know we were. We were not too popular for a period of time over there. But, um, yeah. but, uh, but, but just going back to, because it's interesting, because the UK and England used to be the home of cricket and the home of the ICC was at Lords, and then it moved and then the money's moved, of course, to India with with the powerhouse that, 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 that they are. And that that is where, that's where the money is in cricket. I mean, how, how just getting back to the nuts and bolts of your business model for this uh, particular European Cricket League, you know, is this a sell into India and how much of your model is based around that? Because that's where the money is, isn't it? Um, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's funny. It's, it's funny. There's a few moving parts to that. The, the, the Indian, if you think it's, if you think Indian cricket is a behemoth now, you need to look at it in 20 years time because it's going to be absolutely mammoth <laughs> compared to what it is today just based on the demographics and and the young you know the young population and the birth rates there and the adoption of streaming and and mobile phones and uh, the, the rock star status of cricketers now will will mean there's a massive amount of sort of 13 to 18 year olds that haven't even sort of <laughs> begun to to push you know indian cricket to where it's going to go and it will just be incredible to watch and that'll be very exciting the on the european cricket front european cricket league front the um it's it's fascinating as well because the bcci i guess won't let indian professionals play in other t20 leagues around the world um so there's not a lot of indians that are playing actually on the other the other t20 leagues um, which means that it makes it hard for Indian cricket fans to sort of relate to those leagues because there's not some of their homegrown talent that are playing in them. So that's that's one thing. In the European Cricket League, however, we'll have a lot of Indians playing in it because they're expats living in living in Europe. So so all of a sudden, Indians may adopt the European Cricket League because there's actually Indians playing in it, and and you know then you have family and friends and. Uh, school buddies and university buddies, etc., saying, "Hey, my old mate Ben Cat is now playing the European Cricket League. We want to watch him." And then that sort of flourishes from there. The the, the other thing is, I think the football is actually gaining huge momentum in India as well now, and and Indian. Uh, football fans can say, hold on, we love the Champions League of football and now all of a sudden we've got the Champions League of cricket. So there's a link to that as well. 
Um, and the third point is that, that the time zone is actually wonderful um, from Europe into Indian um, primetime television viewing. Uh, so if you think four and a half hour hour um, time zone difference between there, it means that we can be playing in in the in the afternoon sun in Spain, um, which can be actually live broadcast at prime time in into Indian TV households. So that's something really interesting, which is an advantage compared to playing nighttime in the big blast in the UK or um, midday in the UK. It means that the time zone doesn't exactly get prime time um, with a little bit of crossover probably, um, but it makes it very hard in, in Canada, America, Caribbean um, to play um, on a good time for Indian broadcast viewers. Uh, and the the big bash in Australia is is pretty early in the day, early in the afternoon as well, predominantly. So, so yeah, in, India is obviously a very important um, piece of the puzzle. I, I still believe that you know that Europe is crying out for for more cricket. It, it's just yeah, it just hasn't happened yet. And 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 the um, the strides that the ICC is taking to get those European countries onto a World T20. Uh, global qualifier pathway has been fantastic, and what I'm going to do with the European Cricket League, with with the rest of the people that are all driving behind this, um, wanting it to happen, will mean that cricket in Europe is is really the focus. And if that is enjoyed by people in India, um, then I think that'll be a huge bonus. Um, I'm sort of not I'm not expecting that because there is so much cricket being played in the world. Um, that the Indians can watch already and and enjoy already. Um, but I, I want to create something you know, from a blank canvas in Europe for Europe. And, and I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle. Um, but as I say, fortunately, we have got this time zone where in Europe where where you can put it um, onto, onto TVs um, in July, so which is important because it's monsoon season in India, um, but also at a time of day where it turns into primetime TV viewing. So let, let's see, it's a little bit of an unknown. Do, do, do Indians want to watch... Um, Cricket that's played in a non-traditional space. Well, let's let's see. We're we're going to roll that roll that experiment in the in the coming months. Yeah, I just make that point because um, in county cricket in England, my own county Essex uh, played India in a warm-up game ahead of the Tests, and I don't know if you know, but county games in England now are stri- streamed live. They just they've got a. a ball by ball commentary which has existed for a few years and in the last year pretty much all the counties have added the the, i think they started as the um analysis site screen cams and they're now fed up and 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 you've got a you've got a a visual package so you've just got behind the bowler's arm at each end so so it doesn't cut to anything else uh, Mm -hmm. but you have got audio commentary as well for every single ball of the county championship now they did that for um when Essex played India in a in a friendly game, as I say, and they and they put it behind a paid for wall because of the Indian Indian audience, and I mm. think was it Kohli was coming to Surrey, didn't come in the end, but mm. there was a massive opportunity there because live stream Kohli batting <laughs> every time Kohli bats is a national event, isn't it? Uh, mm. With, mm. with his kudos at the moment, it just it was in, interesting the way that county cricket, having just got their act together, in my opinion in terms of digital media, immediately sought to monetize it with, in terms of India. They're, they're not monetizing it in terms of their own counties, but they did with India. Um, not yeah. sure if it worked or not, but they immediately jumped on that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the wrong approach, to, to be honest. I, um, they'd, they'd tell me it was wrong and maybe I am wrong. But if you want people to watch it, you, you've, you make it free. And, and and you put advertising on it if, yeah. if you want to monetize it so heavily. I mean, it, it, it's just a, you know, the Indian live streaming um, market 
is it it's a it's a free basis and there's a lot of advertising on it it's a very different market to that in the uk or in australia or in 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 the us where you're used to paying subscription fees or paying for everything and paying for anything i I think that's just a yeah my opinion would be you you do it for free and you let people enjoy and watch it and and then you you monetize in other ways with, with advertising. I, I would have thought as, as, as soon as you, as, as soon as you want to really detract the amount of people that watch it, um, you, you put a paywall up <laughs> against yeah, yeah. it. I, you, you know, you, you know better than I do, but I, I would have thought um, that that it's just a very different um, media landscape in India compared to um, the developed, you know, paying for Sky or paying for Foxtel or paying for um, pay TV in, in America. It's just a different a, a different vibe. And, and the, the, the Birat Kohli fans that would do anything to watch him bat, um, they're probably, you know, 21 years of age, 23 years of age, and, and they, they just want to watch the guy bat because they dream of being like him. They, they don't want to say, oh, okay, now I've got to pay and, yeah, it's it's a yeah. I I would have been more open to a to a free. What infrastructure have you got behind this? There's there's uh, myself, James and Jonty, um, Roger, um, four of us that are all full time on it now. Um, the secretary Sandra, the uh, Frank and Thomas. Uh, they're they're not full time, but they're helping hugely on the advisory role and and on. Uh, Putting all good things in in order as well. So there's a huge team, and then and then uh, we've got about 15 other people that are willing, <laughs> ready, and willing to be helping us as well. So so we, we, what we're doing is we want to we want to be partnering with with the best companies that we can possibly partner with. Um, so Lamunga, we're partnering with them. Um, we're about to announce soon that we're partnered with the logistics and travel company uh, to help us get all the players down to the ground. Um, NEP, the production company, uh, we're going to be partnering with them to do the production because we want it to be a world-class production for it. Um, we're in final stages of our supplier uh, partnerships as, as well. Um, so, so there's yeah, there, there, there's a huge amount of people, whether they're partner companies or in-house here with the four of us full-time now. Um, yeah, we're, we're working on this. This is uh, yeah, it's going to be no mean feat to pull off, um, but we're dedicated and and. Uh, I've got a little guy, a little one-year-old now, so he's he's the most important baby in the family. But there's a second baby in the family called the European Cricket League. <laughs> so, so um, clearly, from the material you sent through to me, you're making an event of this, and you've you've got a plan behind it. But it, it, it's, uh, I suppose, my preconceptions of European cricket are coming out there. But you're much much further down the line than I thought. Oh, uh, it's 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 about um, yeah, just just measuring expectations and and I guess having low expectations and 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 achieving something which is really special. Uh, that's the that's the way I like to do things. Um, you know, not talk about things too much or not advertise too much, but just doing things really great and and uh, yeah, that that's the way I that's why I want to do it because what's important for me and and the game and and for everyone for all the stakeholders from the players to the coaches to the volunteers and scorers and everything is. Just to make cricket sustainable in Europe, that's the that's the whole motto. So, so it's not about saying you know that this is going to be the IPL. Um, it's it's about making something that's sustainable and well thought out and well planned, so that we can do it year on year. Um, you know, for let's say the next twenty five years, which means that there's cricketers in Europe that aren't born yet that are going to be born into a world where there is actually something to play for and something to aspire to. And and I'm sure that within my lifetime, we're going to get European-born cricketers who are picked up in the IPL in in uh, in auctions to, you know, to play over there. But in in a Spanish or Italian or French or German type setting, we we know how good some of the cricketer cricketers are coming out of the Dutch. 
the Dutch national team, um, and they're hitting it on the world stage. And, and I think that there's um, there's some excitement to come from other sort of football football uh, heartlands of, of Europe. We'll, we'll turn into some pretty special cricket stories as well, which we can all celebrate and enjoy along this journey. And that brings me to my last question, because just there you outlined the longer term vision. What's short term success? What is year one success post? You know, once you've got to August and July's out the way and the first uh, tournament is done, um, what will be success? I think the, a, a, at least a doubling of the amount of clubs in our ECL federations that, that have coverage, that, that would be a huge success for me um, because then I would see that grass, grassroots cricket is actually growing because at the moment, I guess, there's a lot of tape ball cricketers or modified cricketers that haven't joined clubs yet. So I'd love a doubling of the amount of clubs um, in, in Europe. Um, and I'd love this to be broadcast live on TV, not only in Australia, uh, sorry, not only in India, um, but in Australia as well. Uh, I, I would love to uh, to have a really sort of established cricket market like Australia be broadcasting European cricket on TV. And I think we can achieve that this year. Um, and to find uh, to find partners on the uh, on the not only on the operational side but on the sponsorship side, if we can start to find some partners that. Uh, decide to take a risk with with uh, an, a new exciting sport in in Europe. Partner with them in a process which is which is a three year partnership or something that they, you know, the corporate corporate partners can say, yep, yeah, we want to get into this because we believe in that European Indian link and and that's where they want to take advantage of. But they also see the advantage of growing something sustainable together. I think that would be a huge success as as well. But for, from our point of view, if we can have you know, I think another big thing, and I think we will see this, is having European cricket on European cricket TV. Um, so, so there was a couple of uh, TV channels in France and Spain that have that have outwardly, you know, come to us and said, "Hey, uh, we would love to show the European Cricket League on on TV in our countries, just the you know just the French side in in France and just the Spanish side in Spain." I mean, that that would be a wonderful reflection to say, "Hey, we've finally put um, European cricket on European TV," and that would be a huge. Because then from there, I think hopefully World Cups, the ICC World Cups are shown on European TV and then the game will continue to really, yeah, to really go in leaps and bounds. So, so let's just, let, let's grow awareness, let's grow um, corporate partnerships uh, to help the game as well and uh, let's grow the amount of participants in, in content for Europe. Daniel Weston, thank you very much. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate your time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. I feel honoured to be on. Please follow at Sports Content Strategy on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, it's Sports Content SP. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog and sign up for his newsletter at mrrichardclark.com.